0: Hi friends, and welcome back to With Great People, the podcast for high-performance teams. I'm Richard Kasparowski. Our special guest today is Tito Jackson. I know Tito as an entrepreneur and as the founder of Apex Noir. He's also a former city councilor in the city of Boston. To support this podcast, visit my website, kasparowski.com. Hello Tito, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much, Richard, and I wanna let you know this is literally a absolute first because I have never worn a sweatshirt on a uh, <laughs> podcast before. So I just want to let you know <laughs> that we All have right. we are making we're making history, this is history today. Right so I I'm, ro- I'm rocking my my, my san diego cool. uh sweatshirt
0: <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> looking good with a san diego sweatshirt i, I expect uh, you got a you got a, a longboard next to you you're going to be skating somewhere right after this
1: <laughs> richard actually this is also a, a, a another confessional that i need to, i actually was a skater no, uh, back no way day. i just i just I, totally I, made I that up <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um it was uh yeah, fun fun times. I, I went through a, a nice skating punk phase in my in my life and I also uh, you know, this is it's it was so long ago there was a skate shop on Newberry Street and can if you can just imagine people being able to support a store on Newberry Street, um, selling uh roller uh, i'm not roller, i'm sorry uh, skating uh a, t- a tire as well as uh trucks and boards so that just tells you that gives you a little bit uh of uh, the landscape relative to uh time and age <laughs>
0: that's so cool you, you would have been one of my heroes i used to i used so, to ha- used, used to hang with the skaters but I, I i could never 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 make a skateboard work for me
1: <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome hey, that's awesome. So,
0: so I introduced you as entrepreneur, founder, former city councilor. Is there anything you would add on to that, that introduction?
1: Um, I, I th- one of one of the uh, identities that I think is also really important is that I'm adopted. Um, and so Richard, I I was adopted at the age of two months old, and um, four years ago, um, right around this time, I actually met my biological mom. And my two little brothers. And so um, that has been a very important piece. And so on a ra- on an annual basis, I host National Adoption Day um, with the um, uh, multiple organizations at the courthouse. And so they confer uh, usually over a hundred adoptions in the same day. So that's one of the things that I really um, that, that really is important uh, to me. Right.
0: That is so cool. Okay, And check this out. I was adopted when I was three months old, and about and about four years ago, I met my birth mother. <laughs> Dude, get, get for for real, and, and okay.
1: um, okay. I'm 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 not I'm I'm not going now. I have two moms. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be be on uh, your your podcast, person. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. We, we've got but, we've got more
0: to talk about,
1: <laughs> but. Oh my goodness! Okay, i I'm, we're we kindred brothers. I call us the chosen posse, <laughs> okay? <laughs> because my I have, I have four older siblings, and I remind them that they just had them, and that I was chosen.
0: I was I was the chosen um, so I, one, I, I, and I, I then re- my adopted parents. Uh, I, I say, it, and then they figured out how to have biological kids of their own. Right. So, so I have, I have so two you younger young siblings who, who weren't adopted by, by, my, by my parents.
1: Aww. So we have four older who are biological, and then I have three younger siblings who are also adopted. I
0: haven't met my, I haven't met my bio, biological siblings yet. I talked to one on the phone, and I know there's a couple more that, that were born after me from my biological mom. That's so cool, man. It, it's it's something okay, special okay, about okay. the age we okay, I don't know. Okay. I I don't know how it happened with you. It was for me. It was a a, a trick of twenty three and me, and then learning that there's a place in Dorchester called the Registry of Vital Records, and you could just go there and find your birth certificate.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah. So twenty. I I did twenty three and me. Um, and I, I ended up actually finding a, a cousin, um, and we kind of went Same. back and forth. But um, <laughs> I actually – I called – oh, this is – oh, my – dude. And then I called the Home for Little Wanderers, uh-huh. and you pay them 500 bucks because we just – and mind you, I want to give Sharon uh, garberly um as, as well as multiple other uh, folks at the Statehouse props because they just – did something for both you and I, which is they um, made it so that uh, from 1974 to 2008, it was closed adoption years. So we weren't technically allowed to get the information and they just changed that. So it was this random thing for so the pre 74, wasn't closed adoption after 2008, what what uh, uh, wasn't closed adoption. So that just happened. So props to the, to those folks. Um, but then I actually found out, this is random side story, and then I'll get off of this. My biological mom went to city hall in 2011 to get the records of the original birth certificate. And she couldn't because of this closed adoption thing. And what ended up happening was, um, well, she wasn't able to, they, she was there for an hour and I was literally in the building. Oh my god. <laughs> because I was a city counselor.
0: Right. That was that was your office.
1: <laughs> so we okay. So we have a whole oh, Okay. Cool. So we're gonna do this team thing, but we have I think Richard, I think there's a whole uh brother to brother actually that 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 might even be a good but good we could call it brother to brother. We've got a okay and then have a picture okay.
0: of us. And actually I'm I'm I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We got, we've got a next podcast, we, next podcast series, or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I guess we, we technically have to finish this one, and then we can finish we we'll this one. <laughs> we'll finish this one, and then we'll we'll start start the next. Okay.
0: one. Okay. Wow. So this is pretty cool, man. Um, this is the podcast about teams, and I, uh, I I love to ask people about the the best team you've ever been on in your life, and this could be any kind of team. I I define team as any group of two or more people who have shared goals. Um, so it could be, could be a work team. I suppose in, in some stretch of the imagination, the Boston city council might be a team. It could be like the people you're working with at apex noir. Uh, it could be some sports team, some music thing, your skater friends. Uh, what's the best team you were ever a part of in your life?
1: This one is, is, um, pretty easy for me The the best team that I've, um, run uh run with and connected with um was my uh city council office team um which uh consisted of it's probably about four to five folks at most most times and then we had a a great uh well, we had a bunch of uh, folks who were were interns and then you know obviously the question is why would that be the 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 best team um the level of uh, cultural dedication to the goals in that team um, were, were just remarkable. Um, I literally had to throw my staff out of the office um, at oftentimes at 8 thirty <laughs> or, or nine o'clock. Uh, because, I, you know, because they literally had started their day, you know, depending on what type of crisis the, the day started. it, You could have started a day at 6.30 or 7. And literally, they knew, obviously, that I was working, um, you know, very hard and long hours. Um, and uh, there was always this component of uh, wanting to be... Um, uh, accountable to each other and working our butts off, and those that that culture uh, permeates through to even folks who are interns. Uh, and so, our last group of interns. Um, so, so, so when you're in, in in city council, one of the different di- most difficult pieces uh, is constituency services, right? So people um, ha- have whatever issue it could be something um the school year starting some people sometimes people's kids don't get picked up that's a problem um sometimes uh folks uh trash doesn't get picked up stop signs it could be anything so oftentimes in government people see these jobs as um not the 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 the, the choice job and so people will avoid it and i would say you know in our office um, I did constituency service, and I was the elected official. And everyone did it. And so when we had our, our last group of uh, of interns, they branded themselves uh, Teen Titan, and they each uh, came, uh, each had a uh, individual from this TV show Teen Titan, which I don't know that much about, but they were uh, some superheroes. I used to watch it with but this they time. literally would fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, <laughs> so this is so they would literally fight over who could do the most constituency service calls uh in a week and which again this is but not the spectacular work this is the real work um in 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 the council and i would say that 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 that's one of the pieces that i just really loved the one other piece that was really important is that um we used to have uh cowbell Fridays and Richard, I'm sure you would like to know what Cowbell, because we always need more Cowbell hey, in, in our hey, life. Hey, Tito. Tito, um, what's, what's so Cowbell Fridays? <laughs> 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 so Cowbell Fridays was the, the day um, that we would do our weekly success report out, And so we each would go around and um, speak about one or two things um, that we were proud about um, in that week um, and we I um, w- would ring the cowbell as a celebratory uh, piece and so you know people think this stuff is like cheesy, corny or whatever so Richard there was one week I forgot to to do it on, on Friday like I think I had something came up or whatever and I got in on Monday and everybody was really angry with me <laughs> And it I was like, hey, guys, what's, what's, what's the problem? Uh, we had not done our cowbell uh, ceremony. <laughs> and, and it was missed. And so I would also say, so I think one of the keys is that we also have, we have to acknowledge the things that we're not doing and the deltas that we have. But I think one of the most important pieces about um, teams, uh, and we always say teamwork makes the dream work, and we would use uh lots of quotes from movies um one uh there's a movie called uh, drumline and there's a line in there that says one band one sound and so we would always want to be on the, on the same page but i think it's so important to take the time to celebrate the small wins uh, and that really um, helps you prepare and root yourself um, in a in a way and as a team that you are uh, structured to deal with the headwinds um, that will inevitably come
0: for sure for sure. And I love that you use the word uh, cultural dedication to goals, right? Like, uh, what what else yeah, about like Richard, you had a, you had a culture around this on your team? So what what else about that? Well,
1: well the culture also meant that regardless of what other offices or organizations did, we held ourselves to our own high standard. We knew that the the way to do this job, and it was really only one way, was to totally sell out for the people in our community. And that would mean Um, At times, putting ourselves in really difficult situations and sometimes even, you know, uh, quote unquote controversial um, situations, but we were doing it for the people. And and I'll tell you, one of the uh, pieces that really grounded me uh, um, with my team was um, when I objected to uh, the Boston 2024 Olympics. Coming to the city of Boston, and costing the people of Boston. On paper, they told us nine billion dollars. Uh, Richard, it actually ended up being uh, twelve billion. But you know, what's 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 two or three billion uh, here or there amongst friends. Um, but you know, I was the the first. Uh, counselor to, to come forward, um, and, uh, come out publicly against it. And then also, um, to subpoena, uh, documents. Um, and then we ended up and, and just think about this, Richard, this would be building stadiums for the Olympics right now (laughs) with public funds and, and the like, and just to, contextualize what that would look like. But the thing was having um, a team who was able to execute on communications, execute on preparation, um, and just simply be there for one another in a difficult time um, was so critical. But that we built that with each other um, and and as a culture and our ability to um, lean on each other and, and trust each other. So I'm um, I'm very very proud of um, and huge shout out uh, to uh, Team Tito um, who uh, rocked out for us um, and the people of uh, District Seven and the people of the City of Boston.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, and it's funny I'm thinking this is this is actually a global podcast, but you and I are both both uh, you know I didn't grow up in Boston, but I've been here for way more than most of my life, and I, I think of myself as a, a Bostoner. Uh, this is it's a very local conversation. Uh, and, I, and I love that Yeah. yeah. Now, now team team so, Tito, I guess that that's one word to describe the team, but if you if you could as, as you I mean I've been reliving this team with you and I, I, I love it. Um, if you could describe the sensation of that team being with that team, working with that team, if you could describe that sensation in one word, what's the one wo- one word you would use to describe that team?
1: Dedication, all right. Slash loyalty.
0: Dedication slash loyalty. So, can you say more about both of those words?
1: So, so Richard, it's my my thought. You know, I, 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 this probably doesn't work in surgery or putting together rockets or the like. Um, but in 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 government, you typically can. Um, teach people the job right so that's to me not you know the, the skill set piece is one of the things that we can train people up on um and so the two areas that you know really rocked out for us was um, loyalty and it's not even to me but loyalty to the people and the overarching objective and, and cause right so that's one component and hard work those two things, I, you know what? I can I can coach you on your job. I can coach you on uh, on how to, you know, how to navigate uh, government bureaucracies and, and the like. But that that loyalty and, and realizing um, it's all it's bigger than us as an individual. And that one phone call um, might only be one phone call to you as an individual, but to that person on the other end, that could be their housing. That could be their lights staying on or off, and so to them it is literally uh, the most important piece. And by the way, whether or not it's at the federal level or state level or local level or even if they're from an, another municipality, the objective is to make sure that we are are dedicated to our people. So that that that's um, one of the things that really moved me.
0: I, I love I love the feeling of the the description of of, of dedication and loyalty. Um, I'm almost, I'm wondering, okay, I know, I know it's elected office, but I'm curious, you seem like you really loved it. I'm curious about why you're still not doing city council or something like that. And you ran for mayor once uh maybe more than once I don't, I don't know the whole history of everything all,
1: all my hair was all my hair was black then richard when i ran from mayor. it was all nice and uh-huh, black uh-huh. and now i have that my, my frederick Douglassness has has come out uh, now richard um, I, I don't i don't know uh if there's another rendition it i don't know if it can it continues to if i run again is it all going to go or you know so
0: well <laughs> well so <laughs> I I am I'm curious about uh the transition from from uh yeah. from from elected official life to uh to yeah. well re- regular person or not quite regular person en- entrepreneur kind of life or you definitely loved what you were doing. Yeah. I, I and so you I'm know, picking up that vibe. You definitely loved what you were doing yeah. for the city. Uh yeah. Why the transition?
1: So, so, from from counselor to to cannabis, right? So that's you know that's a, like, uh, <laughs> um, so I I guess, interestingly, Richard, the, the 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 same premise that and the same passion, um is is what i have for for apex noir and in the cannabis industry so how did i get here um so in in 2016 i had a group of people come to me with a report from the aclu and in the state of massachusetts they had looked at the year 2008 to 2014 and in the state of massachusetts interestingly um, in 2008 what happened they basically decriminalized uh, possession of marijuana. So if you had an ounce or less, it became essentially a parking ticket. So not a criminal matter. But from 2008 to 2014, if you were black, you had a 300% higher chance of being arrested for possession, which I just told you was now legal (laughs) and a ticket. And you had a 700% higher chance of being arrested for distribution. Interestingly, the state of Massachusetts is about 7% black. Mm-hmm. So there's some disproportionality and slightly <laughs> disproportionate in terms of, in terms of the enforcement there. Um, so, you know this issue of disparity is one of the things that I have really dedicated my life to, which is really um, trying to lift folks up, right? And one one motivating factor um, that came out in uh, Boston in 2015 is a study by the Federal Reserve Bank. It's called the Color of Wealth, and it looks at uh, the disparity in wealth in Boston. And they looked at someone's median net worth. Sure, everybody knows what that is, but it's how much you own minus how much you owe. And the median net worth of a white family in Boston in 2015 was $247,500. The median net worth of a black family in Boston in 2015 was $8. It's a purposeful pregnant pause. And the median net worth of a Latino family um, at that point was zero dollars. And so as a counselor and then also as a as a entrepreneur, you know, your your job is really, you know, to solve a problem. And so when I think about the disparities that occurred, uh, are, are occurring writ large, Um, across the city, you know, I think about ways that we can solve these problems. So in our company, Apex Noir, we actually, you know, we'll we'll be hiring folks. So we have uh, an amazing facility at 150 State Street, which is right in the Faneuil Hall area. Um, We have seven stories and we have three licenses there. So we have a license uh, over five floors to do cannabis retail. So this is going to be Really, the, the first seven-story full-service um, experiential cannabis retail location, edible factory. So we have a whole floor uh, in the basement where we're going to manufacture edibles on-site um, in an amazing, beautifully built-out kitchen. And then we also have a uh, cocktail bar on the top floor, uh, t- top two floors, and the top floor has a glass retractable roof. So we have all of this under one roof. And Richard, we're going to have to hire a bunch of folks. And so when I think about hiring folks and, and I think about uh, how we can deal with some of the problems and issues that we had. So, OK, cool. So one, we're going to pay folks 18 bucks an hour. So we're going to pay people more than the minimum wage uh, to, to start um, in addition, we're going to hold 20% of the jobs for people who have a quarry. So these are individuals who have um, potentially made a mistake uh, in their life and they have a, a record. Because if we really want to deal with issues of crime and the like, we actually have to make sure that people have an opportunity um, to get into uh, gainful employment. And and Richard, I consider um, those individuals who sold marijuana on the street uh, to be some of the best entrepreneurs, um, and by the way, they have what you and I on a resume would call transferable skills. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't have to teach them about indica and sativa. <laughs> and so um, the and by the way, they didn't. They were in a marketplace where they didn't get to have uh, uh, marketing material or a website. So there is something to be said about their their understanding of, of the business world, um, and then you partner that with again good benefits, an opportunity uh, for people to to move up, um, as well as a couple of things uh, that we're we're doing um, to actually help many folks who uh, want to become entrepreneurs in the cannabis industry um, learn how to get into uh, the the uh, industry. So we have a program called. Um, Verdant Ventures. So we actually are teaching people how to get in the industry as well as paying for um, the initial fees for them to um, open their own business. So for me, it you know, you actually get to take some of the issues that I learned about as a city counselor and without all of the bureaucracy, you get to solve some of those problems in the the business uh, that I'm in. So we actually, you know, really believe in um, a a culture of uh, conscious cannabis capitalism um, that allows for us to be thoughtful in the way that we run our business. All right.
0: All right. Well, now it makes a lot of sense. And then... then...
1: And we're gonna have a lot of fun no, too totally. which is not i'm not saying is always the case uh in government but um not enough and so we're going to actually have a little bit more fun um, than uh i had and, on, on oh. and
0: just like you said and i had a
1: lot of no mind you i had a lot of fun as a city council. Yeah.
0: and just like you said it's the things that um i mean this is this is why i'm not in politics and why i get frustrated with politics. There's no red tape. There, there, There's a lot less red tape when you're you're running your own business. You, you have an idea, you, you run with it, and, and so you get to do that now.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, back, back to, uh, back to, We're back really to Team for Tito for sure. and, and dedication and loyalty. Um, subjectively. And objectively, let's start with subjectively. Was there anything else that went into how you how it? you knew it was a a great team?
1: It was a great, also a great team um, because the leader of the team was able to, to get, and I'm, I don't normally speak about myself in a third person, but um, my, my team could check me, could check me. Right. And so that's another component where um, I think oftentimes for me, great leaders um, manage managers who are subject matter experts and kick butt in their specific area. Um, and for me, I had, a, I had a team of individuals who um, sometimes needed to tell me to be quiet about a specific issue or that I didn't understand it or that I was doing the wrong thing. <laughs> and so... That piece also when when I you know, when you get to the phase where you are able to have um a, a leadership team who's able to pull your pull your your collar um and get you right, um, I think that's to me that heightened level of of uh team uh, but also uh real leadership um that uh, allows for um all to be part of leadership rather than than one
0: Uh, yeah okay okay yeah and and what about objectively how do you know that this was a a a great team this would be like if somebody were looking at the team from outside who's not on the team how how would what would they have noticed
1: yeah so what they would have noticed is that um, our office handled probably the most uh, constituency service complaints um, to the point where we had individuals from other uh, areas. So in Boston, we have a we have a, what we call a hybrid city council. So you have four at-large counselors, so they take care of the whole city. Um, but then you have nine, quote-unquote, district counselors who have a geographic area. So literally, I would have people from parts of the city that I did not represent come to our office because of the service that we were providing. And Oftentimes, the other piece was most people call. Well, Richard, um, our folks didn't really call all the time; they just would show up. So by far, <laughs> we would have by far the highest number of um, in-person visitors, and this is all you know, all pre-COVID. But people would show up to have their constituency complaints. Uh, heard and, and and taken care of. So there there was that um, that component. Um, and then you know we also did extra things um, such as on an annual basis. Um, we had two really awesome events. Um, we had uh, a turkey fry. Which ho- I hope to bring back, uh, Richard. It, we had it was very intimate. It was twelve hundred of our closest uh, friends, uh, but it was a community event. It's a block party, um, and then um, we also did um, a massive uh, turkey giveaway um, on an annual basis. Um, we actually would feed four thousand families um, annually, and that's obviously over and above what's in your job description. Um, as a as a city councilor, um, and that was um, all based on um, the the team um, that we put together that uh, was able to execute yeah. that.
0: Um, okay, so y- y- you mentioned, uh, I want to get into some concrete behaviors that that uh, people people listening and watching could could maybe maybe replicate in their teams or or, or uh, customize for their teams. Uh, just model their teams on yours. You had the um, uh, the cowbell Fridays. That's a concrete behavior, something fun that you did to celebrate the, all the wins. What, what are some other concrete behaviors that you did together as a team that that helped make it so great?
1: Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so so was that piece. I also think uh, cross training um, each other, um, so we could. Um, all have a understanding of each other's uh, roles, and it's not meaning not meaning swerving into uh, others' lanes, but um, being able to help uh, and and assist uh, each other. Um, but I also believe uh, Strength Finder is one of my favorite books. Um, that we also should set people up in the lane that they're gonna do do the best in, right, and really put them and run the score up in the areas that they're the best in and then have some assistance or help in the areas that um, they, they might um, have, have dealt deltas. um, And I think an underrated um, factor, this is in particular in government um, is fun is underrated. Um, Dude, it doesn't have to be a slog. You can actually have a good time. While you do do this, and so I think it's that's another uh, component is to add in, um, uh, you know, elements of fun um, that really uh, encourage. And and this and remember this is in government, so there's not uh, you know the same structure. When I worked in, I I have a uh, my first eight years were in in uh, sales. So I did pharmaceutical sales for Johnson Johnson, Eli Lilly, um, a startup called Silverlink. Uh, communications, shout out to my man, Stan Novak, who um, was a CEO there. Um, But, you know, so that's the other, you know, um, you know, component. So you're not dealing and my sales manager's name was Tom McNamara, you know, one of the best sales manager guys I've ever ever had my whole life. But we didn't have dough in government, right? So the way that you are motivating folks um, is also very different because of the the uh, lack of resources. Um, and so I think the, the fun component, and I would simply, I guess one of the other factors is, uh, Richard, I also took pride in um, uh, many other of my, uh, many of my colleagues uh, staff would want to come to our uh-huh. office because it was also the fun <laughs> office. <laughs> yeah. So we were getting it done. Yeah but we we also um had you know had a, a lot of fun. So I think um those are some of uh the components and I and I like I said before it's so important to celebrate um some of these small victories uh because you know the the big things come but really the big things are um based on the small things that we end up uh doing together. Um and so those those are some of the some of the factors um that I think um, are, are critical. And I guess the one other piece is um, having you know uh, integrity in, in, in terms of the work that you're you're doing. Um, and like I said, that dedication and loyalty. So it's not this was, yes, in an in a elected office, but the, the focus was really on our objective, which was serving um, the, the people. Um, so, I think having a clear uh, mission, vision, and, and objective is, uh, is a very important uh, component. For sure.
0: And what, what advice would you give to other people so that they could replicate some of your team's success?
1: Hmm. Um, I think it's, it, as we talked about earlier, I think there is a component um, of culture building. Uh, that is not top down um it does um you know it can be the scaffolding but i think it is really important um, that, that the the team uh, come together um, in in building uh, that those culture uh, cultural norms um, and and values so I think that that giving um, folks the space uh, to to do that um i think it's it is important Uh, in particular as the leader, um, to lead by example. I think that's one of the most important uh, components. And so my staff knew that, you know, oftentimes, you know, if there were a fire, if there were a shooting um, at 11 or 12 o'clock, I was there. So they knew when I got when I got in the office at you know seven or, or eight in the morning I had I had been there and then also I was going to work until 10, 10 or eleven. Um, so that ability for them to understand um, I wasn't at, I was not asking them to do something um, that I wouldn't be willing uh, to do my, myself. Um, so I think that's a really important um, component for people to see you embody the uh, values and culture that you're actually uh, asking people to, to uh, aspire uh, to. Um, and I, I also believe one of the things that gets missed often, I believe in de- developing people. And I think there should be a, a, a career development uh, pathway for each and every individual. Um, and that requires oftentimes resources, and we're going to um, you know, connect that in our business. But um, even though you know, it's, it's not something that is standard across cannabis as, as a whole, um, but I think that piece is a, a critical component and uh, people need to continue to get better. And I guess the last thing I would note is that um, equity is absolutely key. And so, one of the things that we have done at uh, Apex Noir, and actually, Richard, I haven't announced this yet, so I'm going to give you some some breaking <laughs> breaking news. So, because we're, we're, you're my you're my adopted brother, <laughs> um, so um, we um, signed on as the first cannabis company with the um, uh, mayor's office of uh, Women's Advancement. Um, Uh, as part of the 100% talent compact um, in Boston. And so what does that mean? Um, That means we're actually going to be tracking our data in terms of um, how much, this, this whole radical concept, Richard, we should pay women equitably versus their male counterparts. No, it's really radical. But uh, no, but this is, it's, it's literally the right thing to do. Um, and the difference is in our company, we're really the first company that's doing it prospectively rather than retrospectively. Right. So we're actually starting um, with that as, as a value. Um, it's, it's, it's simply the, the, the right thing to do. Um, and um, it makes absolute uh, sense. Um, and so I think um, that is another component for people uh, to understand the, 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 the policies and procedures and all of that stuff mean something, but the proof is really in the pudding. Um, and compensation and equitable compensation is not something that uh, should be toyed with or played with. For me it's kind of binary. Either this is something you believe in and you write the check to make sure that we're equitable or something that you you don't believe in and you your equity uh, the the component of equity um or I'm sorry lack lack of equity uh persists. Yeah. yeah.
0: And the integrity that goes with that it's not just saying it, it's writing the check. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, 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 awesome. So in addition to this advice, examples that, that other people could follow, uh, is there anything else you want to add? Anything at all?
1: Um, I, I think you asked me earlier about the the city council thing. I, I What I would also say to you um, is that I don't believe that um, individuals should serve in office Um, as really a career, uh, I believe we should move in and out of service. And I would submit, Richard, I would love for you to be in some type of uh, elected, uh, appointed office. Our country would be in a much better place (laughs) than than we are right now. And I would submit, you know, we, we get the government that we deserve. And if there's not awesome people like you who step up, then we get what we get. I would also say we don't have to wait to have a title to to do something. You don't need a title. There are people who, you know, there there are um, you know um, moms who take over some aspect of a whole school district and change the change the whole world. There are individual young people who decide to um, raise funds for a specific cause. And change their their neighborhood and community and and things uh, around them. Um, and I, I I guess I'll just end with my uh, my uh, theory on life. Um, there's a poem um, called "The Dash" by Richard Ellis. Uh, I'm sorry, Linda Ellis. And it basically breaks down that we all get a headstone, Richard, if we're lucky, when it's all said and done. Uh, by the way there's a secret that you you don't get out of, you don't get out of life alive right so you, you we all going to leave here someday and we get <laughs> we get a headstone and on the headstone there are three important things there's our name the date we came here and then the date we leave but the most important thing on the headstone that most unique thing on the headstone the, the thing that only thing that represents you is the dash between the two dates And that dash is a challenge and it's a question mark about what did you do, who did you help, what's new, different, or better from the time that you were here? And that's the, I think the challenge that I think about and I pose to uh, all of our our listeners and viewers um, as to, you know what? What did we do in our time here that is significant. What legacy uh, did we make? And, you know, Denzel Washington noted that, you know, he's been to a lot of funerals, but he's never been to a funeral that had a Brinks truck uh, lined up to go to uh, the uh, cemetery, right? Because you can't take it with you. And so the question is, what are you leaving behind that, embodies something bigger, better, and badder than just us as a as an individual. And if we if we do that, man, and we leave this take take out a big bat and 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 put a dent in the universe, uh, then we we made it happen. Because I, I would submit to you, none of us was sent here to do small things. I believe all of us were sent here to do something awesome, fantastic, and, and amazing, and so be bold in what you're doing, in your private life, your work life, and hopefully um, someday you are able to uh, get what uh, a friend of mine, her name is Gina Rudan, she wrote a book called Practical Genius. Hopefully, your work someday, and your and your passion, hopefully someday they intersect. And you are uh, able to uh, not have to work another day in your life because you're living out your passion on a day-to-day basis.
0: Thank you for that, dude. That is awesomely and scary inspiring. <laughs> like I, like I feel that. Like it's it's so inspiring and it's scary how inspiring it is. Like I, I want to go do things now that I'm afraid to do. Hold hold hold, oh, my, hold elected office brother. or do something in, in local government. I'm I'm so afraid of that. Maybe 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 because that's something I should do. Wait,
1: and, yeah, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna push this one piece, and I'm not trying to get political, but I'm I'm trying to get kind of structural when it comes to it. All that stuff down in Washington have yeah yeah I have that, and you know, and we do that every four years. But to your point, Richard. And my friend, um, who's a congresswoman of Yana Presley, when she first ran, she said, you know, local government is the the government that touches people. Right? You don't call the White House. If your kid doesn't get picked up at the bus stop, you don't call D.C. Right? And so there's a place locally, and you know, it It, it happens in, in Massachusetts. We have 351 uh, cities and towns. And there's places where we still have straight town meeting, right? There's a whole, this, just some, just the town meeting. And mind you, that's where you get some of the best apple cider that you ever have in your whole life. But, uh, you, you know, they have straight, hey, it, it, at these places and spaces, you know, individual folks uh, can absolutely make uh, a huge uh, impact. And you can do it in your in your town but you can do it in your company and you can do it in your for life sure.
0: for sure awesome 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 tito is there uh if somebody wanted to get in touch with you uh some viewer listeners is there, is there is there a way they could do that
1: yeah so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna start getting cool like my the, the young folks who are, who are schooling me on this social media stuff um my uh, by uh, IG is at Tito T I T L Jackson B O S like, and it's not for boss, it's actually for Boston, right? So T- at, at Tito Jackson B O S. Um, I actually, to the chagrin of my other brother, the 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 other Tito Jackson, um, <laughs> who's related to, to Michael. <laughs>
0: Oh, that that. And to oh, the there, there, many fans. So shout out family. to him.
1: He, I, <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. I'm I'm definitely a fan of the Jackson Five, and I want to. I totally want to meet Tito Jackson someday. So if he's a listener, brother Tito Jackson, please re- reach out to me. But my Twitter handle is actually at Tito Jackson. Woo! You got that, <laughs> which is really cool. Yes, yeah, so that's
0: <laughs> the Tito Jackson. <laughs> uh, um, Yes, you are yes.
1: the Tito. I'm the <laughs> Tito. <laughs> and so, and um, for for email, um, it is actually um, Tito at apexnuar dot com. So T I T O at A P E X, uh, nuar Noir, n o i r e dot com. Perfect.
0: We'll put some links to this in the podcast uh, episode description. Whew, this was fun, man. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, Tito, I really appreciate you joining us today.
1: Richard, my adopted brother from another mother. Um, I'm two months, you're you three months when it comes to the adopted situation, um, uh, uh, situationship, um, and you got to meet <laughs> your bi- biological mom. Bro, we, we, we are absolute uh, kindred spirits. Um, my my brother from another mother, uh, brother Richard.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much, Tito. Uh, we're going to talk more after after we go off Thanks. air about about the adoption stuff. Um, awesome, folks, listeners, viewers. To support this podcast, remember just visit my website, casperesky.com. Thanks again to Tito, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode.